How's it going, everyone? Joe Gagne here. Welcome to YouTube edition number 59 of Joe vs. the World. My guest today is making his second appearance on the show. He is the current NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion, the head trainer of the Chikara Wrestle Factory, and one-third of the 2007 King of Trios, and also the most popular guest in the history of our show. It's Lightning Mike Quackenbush. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing just fine. Thanks for having me back, Joe. Hey, it's always a pleasure. Now, I guess we'll start. Last time we had you on was um, just before the King of Trios, which is now uh, in the books. Any uh, final thoughts on that uh, that weekend the shows? Uh, well, I'm certainly very glad that it's over. King <laughs> uh, of Trios was just a, a monumental undertaking for the wrestlers, for the behind-the-scenes people at Chikara. Uh, and, of course, it turned out to be uh, really quite a success for us, and we're, we're very pleased with that. Um, but a lot of times, you know, just the uh, the amount of work and the level of stress that goes into making that happen just never seems to balance out on the other end, no matter how many tickets or DVDs are sold or how many kind words uh, we hear back from fans. So uh, King of Trios is kind of like its predecessor, the Tag World Grand Prix, which we had conducted for a few years prior. Uh, it's kind of one of those things, as soon as it's over, no one wants to talk about it because you know it's coming up again in a year. <laughs> And, and it's kind of like, hmm, how can we most effectively wash that from our collective memories mm. so that, you you know, by the time it comes around again, we're not like, oh, God, King of Trios again. Um, and especially since our year is kind of broken up by some other landmark tournaments, we just had Young Lions Cup 5, and that's a very big undertaking as well. Um, and, and I'm just lucky, some of the behind-the-scenes people, Leonard Jakarson, et cetera, that go out and scout a lot of these young guys that were in Young Lions Cup, it takes a lot of the burden off some of the other people that, uh, you know, just multitask themselves to death behind the scenes at Chicago. So is the uh, King of Trios here to stay? Will there be any format changes next year that you could foresee? Uh, not that I know of. And, and if I understand correctly, King of Trios is definitely on the books for late February 2008. Mm -hmm. um, although thus far, right, I, I believe right now, all the uh, 2008 plans are kind of on hold uh, pending... Uh, some communication with Ring of Honor. A couple of Chikara's regulars now are actually under contract to Ring of Honor, and uh, if Ring of Honor so chose, uh, they could pull talent from us. Uh, you know, obviously, that's, that's how a legally binding contract works mm -hmm. if we had a conflicting date. And we don't want to create that problem for, for talent. We don't want to create that problem for Ring of Honor. We have a pretty amicable relationship with them. So we're kind of waiting for them to say, these are the 2008 dates. We're eyeing up. Do they conflict with the ones you're eyeing up? And you know, we just want to stay on the same page. Uh, even though, I, I would say, compared to where we were a year ago, Joe, we're definitely planning things further in advance uh, than ever before. Um, we're definitely looking further down the line, just because we feel like it, if we want to continue to grow at the rate we have grown in the last few years, our, our planning need, now needs to precede us by an even wider margin. Otherwise, we really can't get, uh, we can't do an effective job, whether it's with the way we promote things online or just assembly of the, the cards, contact and the talent we want, all those other boring things that go into running an indie wrestling federation. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of Ring of Honor, you also have uh, joined up with them since the last time you were on the show, and uh, you have a big match coming up against the American Dragon at Death Before Dishonor Night 2. H have you ever wrestled him before? It seems like you have, but I, I, have. I can't think of uh, when that would be. You're correct. I wrestled Brian... Uh, Ted Petty Invitational, maybe 2004 oh. or 2005, one of those. Um, it's the only time I've, I've ever wrestled him. Uh, and, and it was uh, just, in, in terms of pure wrestling, you know, a lot of times you go out there with guys who, whatever, they want to bash your head in with a chair <laughs> or, you know, 
like guys that, uh, you know, they wrestle by way of stunt work or whatever the case might be, or guys who you get out there and you think, oh, my God, you know, I've got to try and drag a watchable match out of this guy or <laughs> whatever. Um, nothing could uh, be further from the truth when you're wrestling Brian Danielson. Um, it's just an absolute joy to lock up with that guy. Uh, and, and really, I, I derive a, a lot of pleasure from just being able to go out there and, and test the guy out. Uh, and, and Brian's one of those guys where you could be testing him all night, and he's he's never going to give you an opening. And that, that's a lot of fun, you know. That uh, when they contacted me and, and offered me that match uh, at Ring of Honor, which now is just a couple weeks away, mm-hmm. um, I, I think they were surprised at how thrilled I was because I think you know Brian sort of has that reputation, especially at Ring of Honor, that if he wants to, he'll just tie people up a knot. He'll you know whatever he wants to do, and he's a fantastic wrestler. Uh, and I think they t- were taken aback that I seemed so delighted to be offered the match. Yeah, I said, this is right up my alley. You couldn't, you couldn't offer me anything better than this. Give me Brian Danielson, please. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Hmm. Are you going to be a, a regular part of ROH for the foreseeable future? Uh, I, I tend to doubt it, uh, especially as it regards 2007. When they had offered me a, a handful of dates, and uh, we finally managed to come up with some dates that worked for them and worked for me, I, I told uh, you know the backstage people there and the matchmakers and the people that make up the schedules and all that. I said my 2007 is very very full. I have a handful of dates left available and I'm happy to give them to you. But I, I said I do not want to be put in a position where I have to turn around to the people who who have employed me for years and say, you know what, I'm canceling the rest of my commitments with you for the year because I have a better opportunity, whether it's higher profile matches or to make better money with Ring of Honor. That makes me feel really slimy. Mm. Um, and they were very respectful of that. So at least this year, I'm very quickly using up all the remaining open dates I have. And I, and, uh, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if after the Brian Danielson match, uh, we, we could only maybe work together one or two more times this calendar year. Um, 2008 is a whole different ball game. Hopefully I'm leaving a positive impression with them. Um, and I really owe a debt of gratitude to the fans who give me these just like ecstatic, over-the-top reactions everywhere I go because I think in the minds of some of the people, you know, uh, the real power players at Ring of Honor, I'm just another skinny white guy in a funny costume. <laughs> and uh, I come out and they, the fans just give me these tremendous ovations and they must think, well, what's going on with this guy? Like, why, why is it that we're, you know, we're trying so hard to make stars out of some of these other characters and they don't get half the reaction this guy who, you know, they, many of them never even heard of me before, which I guess speaks volumes about what I've accomplished in 15 <laughs> years in the business. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I'm really grateful for, for the job that the fans have done in making me seem like a star uh, to the Ring of Honor audience that doesn't know me as well as to the staff of Ring of Honor. Um, and I think it will go a long way next year, um, you know, which is wide open for me at this point. If, if they're interested in taking me on one more of a full-time basis, I'd be able to do it. Um, but 2007 is a really sticky situation. I feel bad because I've really enjoyed the time that I've been there. Um, you know, they, they obviously have a lot of the, the very top-notch North American talent. They get great talent in from Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's uh, you know, in terms of visibility, I don't think there's a better independent to be wrestling for these days. So it's, it's, it's really tough for me to be in the spot that I'm in because I, I don't want to turn around and offend the people who I've worked with for years uh, and pass them over for, you know, a better payday and a little more visibility. Any uh, update on going to Japan? Uh, it seems rather cursed at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with you there. It, it certainly seems like, uh, I don't know, I was describing it uh, to my wife the other day as the, it's, it's the, uh, 
forever dangled the carrot in front of my face. Uh, no matter which way I go for it, it's always equidistant from me. I'm, I, it's always just outside of my grasp. And recently, as you mentioned at the, at the top of the program, with uh, capturing the NWA World Junior Heavyweight title, um, there was a lot in the works. I was talking to the Inokis who started their new group, Inoki Genome Federation, and, oh, they had this set up for me, and I was going to go over there and I was going to defend this belt against Puma, and then, no, they can't get Puma, but I can defend against Rocky Romero, and then they change their minds, and it's going to be Ultimo Dragon, and I'm just sitting back saying, this is great, you know, to go to Japan and wrestle Ultimo Dragon my first time there. It's like a dream come true. What more could you ask for? You know, and they said, oh, we'll get you the visa and the flight, and, we, and they got my passport number, and everything Everything seemed very on the level, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've, I had trips overseas that were booked the night before, and in the morning I wake up and run to the airport. Like, that's how last minute it's been. Wow. And uh, I'm waiting around, email, phone call, anything, you know, let, let me know, where, where do I go, what plane do I get on, anything. And I'd canceled off a couple of shows that I had lined up already, just for the sake of making this this work, and uh, th- then they really hung me out to dry, much much to my chagrin, to the chagrin of the NWA, who had vouched for them, and who had been nothing but professional, and, and in this case, apologetic to me as a result. Um, and and it, is, it's, it's, uh, it feels like I'm cursed in that way, because people who, who followed me online really, uh, when, when wrestling got big on the internet, that was right when I was breaking into the independence, and I've always been very outspoken about my desire to wrestle there, and it seems like I've watched a lot of clowns that, in my opinion, don't don't deserve to go, or you know, should, there should be some kind of force field to keep them out of Japan. Uh, they go over there and sully the name of American wrestlers, and I'm just like, oh, what do I have to do? Uh, so yeah, it's it's very it, it is the ever dangling carrot. Well, last time uh, we also discussed create a wrestler who has, in fact, since been created as Moscow the Communist Bovine. A gimmick designed by a fan. Were there any entries that just made you completely scratch your head or, or give up hope in humanity? I know, I know, a couple of them were discussed yeah. on the uh, the Chikara Creator Wrestler special. Like, I think Hungry Hungry Hobo. <laughs> there were a lot of them. We had a big roundtable with all the uh, all the various submissions, and I think all together we got pretty close to a hundred submissions. It might have been just a few shy of that. Um, just sending from fans of all ages, from all countries, of all persuasions, and. Uh, a lot of them just cracked us up. Hungry Hungry Hobo was one of them. Like, we were just passing that one around laughing. Like, uh, and actually, that guy, the guy that came up with Hungry Hungry Hobo, I think, sent in about a dozen different ones, and they were all hilarious. Like, they just had us in stitches laughing. And uh, then then on the flip side of this, I'll give you a couple examples. One guy just wrote in. Uh, I, don't even, I don't remember the guy's name. I don't remember anything other about it other than it was one sentence long, and it said, I'd like to see a wrestler named Fred Blassie Jr. <laughs> and I thought, well, that, you know, in terms of creating that, that would really only take, you know, like Fred Blassie's DNA. Like, not, not a lot of imagination went into that. Hmm. Um, some other guy, right around the same time that Jay Lethal started doing the, the black machismo thing, wrote into us and said, I'd like to see a black person pretending to be Randy Savage. And I thought, well, you're in luck. There is one of those. And, you know, <laughs> what a coincidence. Here you go. Here's a link to TNA Wrestling or whatever their website was. Um, so those, we, you know, we would kind of print them off, and everybody would look at it like, is this a joke? You know, we didn't know what to make of it. Um, and then there were other ones that came with these elaborate drawings and these really, like, well-thought-out backstories and hilarious names for finishing moves. And it was really a ton of fun. I mean, I hope it was as much fun 
for the fans. It was for those of us that got to kind of sit down and evaluate all the entries and pass it around and have a good time because it, it was a ton of fun for us. And uh, it really was very hard then at the end because we had so many very strong submissions. Uh, we even for a while thought about maybe changing and, and debuting half a dozen of them. Um, but it just seemed like it, it would have been too much to take on at that mm. time. And, and uh, I think because it had been uh, released or otherwise uh, made made known that we were going to try and re-debut Create a Wrestler at Young Lions Cup, and there was only one spot left in the tournament specifically mm-hmm. for the Create a Wrestler re-debut. Um, for us to have done more than that, it, we would have just mucked up our own plans and everything else. But uh, we were really just thrilled at the way the contest went, and I know definitely the people who are more involved in the organization than I was have definitely said that they'd like to do it again next year, um, and, and like I said, if it was even a fraction as much fun for the fans to do as it was for us, then it's certainly going to be coming up sooner or later in, in Chikara's future. All right, well, Chikara has a big show in Wallingford, Connecticut this Saturday, which is a new market. Uh, how have ticket sales been so far? Do you expect a, a good crowd? You know, uh, Funny you should ask, because I got an email about that about two hours before we spoke. Um, the, the building is very close to selling out. Hmm. Uh, it is not a big venue. I, I've, never seen, I've never seen the venue. It's being handled by a promotional team headed up by a guy named Michael up in um, Northbrook, Connecticut, I think he's from. He's doing a great job for us. Um, but I think the estimate, with once our ring is in there, is that it will seat about 110 people. Hmm. Uh, and he said, we're almost up to 90 pre-sold. Hmm. Um, which for us is amazing. Um, in a way, I think, if anything, it might motivate us to try and branch out in the new markets more often because there's certainly been a great deal of trepidation about going so far out of our comfort zone with no safety net. Um, in the past, when we, we went to New England for a handful of shows in Vermont, uh, it was held on a college campus. You know, it was certainly guaranteed that certain expenses in, in the show budget were going to be covered by the, by the university, all that kind of junk. This is us flying solo out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the really strong response we've seen from the New England fans uh, that I only just heard about a little while ago is very encouraging. Um, so I, if there are people in your listening audience who are thinking about coming to the Wallingford event who have not pre-ordered their tickets on our website, I strongly encourage you to do so by Thursday night midnight. Thursday night we, we take that link off uh, the website because Friday morning we leave and there's no one here to check the uh, check and see if more ticket orders have come in. So if you're planning to come out to Wallingford, uh, please don't take the chance of getting boxed out. Get your tickets in advance uh, on our website. Um, and I mean, nothing would thrill us more than to be able to say we sold the building out, no matter how small it is. Um, but it seems like it's going very well. And uh, I know we're all just looking forward to being in front of a new set of fans and seeing uh, how they react to it and everything else. But based on the response we've gotten so far, I, I think it will be a lot of Chikara loyalists. All right. Uh, you'll be in action that night with Jigsaw and Shane Storm against a mystery trio, although it looks like one of them will be uh, Ophidian, I believe. Do we have any word on the other two? Well, as a matter of fact, I just heard a rumor that that might be changed. Oh. Um, because uh, originally, I guess, uh, Ophidian was going to be bringing in two partners with him, and that may be changing. So uh, there are a handful of other guys on the card yet uh, that don't necessarily have a match, and I would not be surprised at all to see that that configuration changed to some mixture of 2.0 and maybe Shane Hawk, and I'm trying to think of some of the other guys that don't have announced matches yet. Uh, but, yeah, I, I 
that might quite possibly change. So I, I, I wish I had better uh, or more reliable intel to share with you and the listeners at this moment, um, but I don't. And this will be the, the first chance Chikara fans get to see of Ophidian. So um, I think it will be exciting no matter you know, what he ends up doing on the card, whether it's us beating the crap out of him or somebody else. All right. And then uh, there's another show in August, on August 5th uh, in your original market. I have to ask about La, La Parquita Original versus Payoso del Futuro, which, if my Spanish serves me right, means clown of the future. How, how yes, did this one come about? How uh, did, uh, under, the, under only the strangest of circumstances is how that came about, <laughs> Joe. Um, I'll, give, I'll give you a bit of, a, of an inside scoop here for, for you and your listeners. Um, there was a very off-the-radar Chikara show that went down on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been doing, uh, this is only the second time that we've done something like this, uh, that we've tried to keep uh, Internet involvement to a bare minimum because uh, we're trying to film matches in advance for subsequent releases, um, whether they're going to be on upcoming Chikara pod purviews or, for lack of a better phrase, you know, they're paper podcasts, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, as well as some other online ventures that are going to be starting with us in the month of August that I can't really speak about under threat of having my kneecaps cracked by uh, Leonard Chikarison. But uh, there was a, a, a Chikara show held on the 4th of July, and by absolute freak chance, La Parquita Original showed up. You know, he was there he, with his mask on, and he's like, hey, do you need me? Uh, which, I, if you've been to indie shows, I'm sure you know. If there's something in your neighborhood, maybe you'd stop by. And, but uh, how often do you need La Parquita Original, really? <laughs> so everyone was kind of taken aback by this. Like, what, what is he doing here? Because, especially in the, in the past, we've had a great deal of difficulty trying to bring Mexican minis to the U.S. We've tried, I've tried, other guys have tried, Spanish translators have tried it on our behalf. Uh, when our guys like uh, Chris here and Claudio Castagnoli were in Mexico, they tried to open an avenue to bring Mexican minis to Chikara. We just think they'd be a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. And there has always been some major hang-up or breakdown in communication or, or just all, all manner of ridiculous sitcom like circumstances which have ruined us bringing Mexican minis to the U.S. And we, I think we've kind of collectively given up hope that we were ever going to pull it off. Well, then, out of nowhere, one of them shows up <laughs> at our event uh, and says, hey, you know, do you have any room for me? And... I guess I guess we did not. Um, so, he, but there, uh, while this was going on, some of our staff w- was hanging up posters and putting out flyers for our August fifth show uh, at the ECW Arena in Philadelphia. Which he snatched one up immediately and said, "Well, can you put me on here?" And we said, "We'd love to, but we don't have anybody. You know, mm. who on earth would you wrestle?" Said, oh, my friend here, um, you know, Piazza del Futuro and I. You know, uh, we wrestle all the time. We would put on a very entertaining match so on and so forth, and he was trying to convince uh, us that this, this Piazza del Futuro was a mini, and uh, also on this card happened to be a guy visiting us from Mexico, Lince Dorado, sure. who stood next to Piazza del Futuro, keeping in mind that Lince Dorado competes as a full-size wrestler. He is not a mini. And he was, I don't know, half the size of Piazza del Futuro, who I'm supposed to believe is a mini, um, but we just we were so just elated that uh, they, they they would just come and do this show and we thought oh right, what the heck you know worth we you know, certainly worse things have happened at Chicago shows so let's give this a try and, and see what happens and a lot of a lot of the reason that I think the arena is the perfect place for us to do this is because we, we're very very committed to putting on not, I don't want to say unusual but out of the ordinary matches. 
in front of the Philly audience. I've had the opportunity to wrestle a variety of different countries all over the United States for many, many years, and I've seen styles change and trends come and go. And they're the most difficult wrestling audience I have ever wrestled in front of is Philadelphia. The Philly fans are unlike any other fans in the world. Uh, they're just very difficult to please, and that makes them a very challenging fan base um, to wrestle in front of. And as we did at Anniversario, uh, when, when we cooperated with Kaiju Big Battle, you know, what we, we've got going on with La Parquita Original or stuff that is coming further down the line, I never want to go in there and put on a show that's exactly like what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be untrue to the vision of Chikar to go in there and, you know, well, why don't we just go in there and try and recreate whatever got over at K to Death 3 or, you know, uh, whatever shows might have been successful in that venue in the past. Let's recreate November to Remember 96. Um, I, I feel like that's bogus and it's false and it's, it's not really us at all. We'd be disingenuous to go in there and try something like that. And I feel like if we are relentless enough in presenting uh, something new every time we go in there, we're very quickly going to start to separate the audience into the casual Philly fans that will come and see anything that's at the ECW arena and the real Chikara fans, the ones who, like us, are looking for something fresh, something new, something that really is alternative in the true sense of the word, not just the way that people pay like a casual lip service to the concept of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because especially our wrestlers, these past couple times we've been to the arena, a lot of backstage, the mood has been very sour. Um, when we play some of our regular haunts, Reading, Hellertown, etc., the mood backstage is really upbeat. The crowd is into what we're doing. We feel like they understand our sense of humor. And the guys, the guys are willing to go out there and take a chance because even if they were to fail, they don't feel like the crowd would jump all over them. But in Philly, it's a very different mood backstage. Um, if anything, it heightens the anxiety of everyone there. And a lot of the guys now, like, they really don't enjoy the experience of being in Philly. And I think that's because we've started to take on this fan base, which is disenfranchised with other groups that run in Philadelphia. And, and there certainly are. The Philly scene is saturated with other independents, some of whom have been putting on, like, horrendously boring shows and just otherwise pissing off their fan base. And these people have defected from these groups and are now coming over to Chikara. But unfortunately, uh, you know, they, they kind of bring over, I think, maybe a rude or... Uh, <laughs> Uh, sensibility, and uh, it really doesn't gel right with our performers, who a lot of times are going to go out there and do something totally off the wall, and they don't feel like uh, they should be eaten alive for taking a chance. And I think matches like whether it's Mexican minis or whether it's Bizarre Monster Wrestling from Another Universe or whatever will help us kind of weed out the people that really aren't right for our product. Um, and and that's, what, that's ultimately what we want. I, I don't think at any point... We've done things which are basically just a, a cheesy attempt to get a bigger audience. We're just trying to find our audience. Um, we know they're out there. Whether or not we're, you know, equipped to reach them or not, I think is a real issue. All right. I know we are running short on time, so let me ask you, what does Chikara have in store for the rest of the year after August? Uh, well, I know in the autumn, uh, the Cybernetico will be returning, Torneo Cybernetico, which is usually the highlight of our autumn schedule. Um, that one I, I really don't have much uh, other, other than that to share. Uh, and I do know that there has been some talk uh, of doing uh, some kind of uh, very brief, almost like a mini tag team tournament uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, I heard a couple ideas being batted around, which I think are all based off of concepts already put in use at CMLL, whether it's uh, you know a Technico teaming with a Rudo, um, and then... I'd also heard talk about veterans teaming with rookies to try and create a new tag team, that kind of stuff. 
Uh, and, of course, all of that's subject to change at a moment's notice because uh, if we go into the arena August 5th and we draw a really small crowd, then we'll probably just go bankrupt and that will be that. <laughs> um, but, you know, pr- provided that we don't manage to sink the Titanic just yet, um, I, I, I know the, the, some of that stuff is in the works for later in the year. And as usual with Jakar, I do believe that we will be taking both December and January off for the holidays. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Well, why don't you uh, plug whatever you want to plug? Well, uh, I would certainly appreciate it if everyone would come out and see us August 5th in South Philadelphia at the once and former ECW Arena. We really do have a stacked card going on. I'll be making the first defense of my NWA World Junior Heavyweight title against Black Tiger. Uh, the Ring of Honor tag champs, the Briscoe Brothers, will take on Chicago's Campeones de Parejas and Gran Akuma and Icarus. Uh, I know there's at least four matches that have gone unannounced yet for the card, but as, as we mentioned, uh, La Parquita will be in action. Uh, the last singles meeting between Sarah Del Rey and Daisy Hayes will take place on that card. Uh, we've got guys coming in from Mississippi. We've got people coming from all over the universe, and we certainly hope that you will be there to give us your expendable and dispensable income uh, on August 5th. And if nothing else, if you can't come join us in person for geographical or financial reasons, you can always catch us for free every Monday night at ChikaraPodcast.com. We release a new episode of Chikara Podcast to go go which doesn't cost you nothing to watch. It uh, comes out every Monday night. There'll be a new one uh, coming online in about three hours, depending on how quickly this airs, uh, Monday evening. Yes, and also this Saturday in Wallingford, Connecticut. I'll be there as well, so you can watch your car and hang out with me, and what could be better than that? Excellent. Right. All right, um, uh, thank you very much for being on, Mike. I always appreciate this. I know you're a very busy man. One last question the Cubs fan asked me to, to uh, ask you. Have you been watching AAA and what do you think of the baby Marvin angle, and will we see anything applicable like that in Chikara? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, no. I'm really behind on my lucha at this point. I have not seen any current AAA. Um, but for whatever this is worth, uh, for, for lucha heads that are out there, I have. It's, it's that time of year where we're already getting solicitations from companies that are interested in sending, uh, some of them still think tag teams to us in February, even though it's a trios tournament now. And we've actually gotten something we haven't translated yet from AAA. Uh, uh, so I can only hope that what they are saying is we want to send some of our guys uh, up to Jakarta in February for King of Trios. Mm. Um, but who knows? Uh, well, well, there might not be any uh, you know, AAA-influenced angles coming down the Jakarta Pike. There might be real AAA wrestlers coming down the pike uh, if we play our cards right. But um, I guess that's awaiting a, 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 a trek through Babblefish before we know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, again, thank you very much for being on, and I encourage everyone to visit joeversusworld.com or thecubsfan.com for a full archive of shows, including Mike's prior appearance, which is, as I say, it's our most popular show ever. So on that note, I thank all of you for listening, and I will be back very soon with a new show, and I will talk to you soon.